So let's go. Uh, we're talking about the recipe, powerful prayer, and how it changes your life. If you're going to use uh, social media, use the hashtag, the recipe for prayer, so we'll all get to see what you say. And uh, if you want sermon notes, you know right there is the email address. Matter of fact, guys, that email address right there, really you can use that to ask us questions. You can use that uh, to ask me questions or find out more about the church. If you just get to a place on the website or whatever where you're like, I can't find what I'm looking for, just do that old-fashioned thing called pick up the phone and just call us, and we'll help you. We'll hook you up. We'll help you get the answers you need. Let's look real quick at the Vision Sunday message from last week. Let's look at what we're doing this year, 2016. We got seven things because seven is a spiritual number. So, Vision Sunday review. Number one, what are we going to do this year? Pray strategically. We're going to serve Him when we serve, not them. If you're serving Him, you won't get burned out. You'll stay motivated. If you're serving me, you're going to get burned out. And the people said, Number three, outward focus, outward, outward, not inward. Pharisees are inward. Jesus was outward. Number four, increased spirit of generosity. Don't live your life with a clenched fist. Live your life with an open hand. Number five, expect miracles this year. Come on. Hey, we're a church that believes in the power of God. We're a church that believes in the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to start believing it for this church and for your life and for the people you live, you love. Expect miracles. Number six, own it. Don't look to somebody else to do what God's called you to do. Own your responsibility own it. We call our members here at the bridge, we don't call them members because members have rights. We call them owners because owners have what? Responsibility. Number six, this year more than ever we are going to focus in on making disciples. We're going to train up people so that when they get asked a question about God or the Bible, they don't have to hook that person up with one of the pastors. You're going to know that answer. You're going to be able to give that information. So we're in Luke 22 today as we talk about praying. Luke 22 records that Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane just before he was arrested, just before he was tried, and just before he was crucified on the cross. There is only one sentence of his prayer recorded. Only one sentence. He prayed much more than one sentence that is recorded here, but I believe this one sentence is undoubtedly the centerpiece of his entire prayer. The prayer of Jesus in the garden is a simple prayer. It is a straightforward prayer. It is a clear prayer, and it is an unmistakable prayer. Can I say this to you today? When you pray to God, you do not have to pray in the King James Version. You just talk to him out of your heart. At the same time, all, all that is contained in that one little sentence, though, Leaves us, leaves us with deep mysteries that we will never fully understand. Isn't the Word of God like that? No matter how hard you try to swim to the bottom of God's Word, there's never a bottom because it's so deep and it's so rich for us. Let's go to Luke 22 and read that passage. We'll begin with verse 39 and we'll read through verse 46. battling a little bit of a cold today. Everybody say, ah, oh, thank you. 
Luke 22, verse 39. And he came out, being Jesus, he came out and proceeded as was his custom, and evidently this was something Jesus did all the time, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples also followed him, verse 40. When he arrived at the place, he said to them, pray, pray, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and began to pray, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Now an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him, strengthening him. You know that sentence is just thrown in there. I would love to have seen that. When you love to just witness that one moment right there, you know, so many incredible, miraculous things happen in the Bible that God just throws this sentence in there. An angel came, gave him some strength, and he went on. I would love to have witnessed that. Verse 44. And being in agony, how many of you know prayer sometimes is tough work? And being in agony, he was praying how? Very fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down upon the ground. When he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping from sorrow. They were so discouraged. They were so lost. They so didn't understand what was going on that they could not stay awake. It's almost like a depression that makes you not want to get out of bed in the morning. Verse 46, and he said to them, why are you, my disciples, sleeping? Get up and pray for this purpose, that you may not enter into temptation. The first ingredient in our recipe for a prayer life that will empower you and a prayer life that will change your life is here in this prayer of Jesus Christ. And his prayer was number one, and this is all we'll talk about today, is a prayer of preparation. A prayer of preparation. The disciples followed Jesus to Gethsemane to pray. And I want you to look now at verse 40 with me again. Let's go back and look at verse 40. When he arrived at the place, the Garden of Gethsemane, on the Mount of Olives, he said to them, pray for this purpose that you may not enter into temptation. Jesus was saying, prepare yourselves for battle, prepare yourselves for the enemy's attack, prepare yourselves and the way you get ready for what's going to happen, that the enemy's going to come against you. Here's how you get ready for that. You get ready for that by praying. And in particular, you are praying that you will not be overwhelmed by temptation. That is, that temptation would not be successful against you. How many of us are tempted all of us. How many of you know Jesus was tempted, yet without sin? Jesus said this to his disciples because he knew that he was about to fight the greatest battle he had faced since coming to the earth as a man. How severe was this battle? Jesus said in Mark 14, 34, he said, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Jesus said that about himself. He said, that is how 
deep this battle is. This battle was so fierce for Jesus that even a perfect human body like his was nearly unable to survive it. I want you to notice this now. Yet, in the horrors of his own battle, he's always the teacher. Did you hear what I just said? He is in the battle of his life. He says in Mark 14, 34, this battle facing the cross, facing uh, the fact that he has to take upon himself all of your sins, all of my sins, all of sins men past, all of the sins of men present, all of the sins of humans future, he was going to take upon him on the cross. Do you understand that was the greatest suffering of the cross? The greatest suffering of the cross was when he had to take our sins upon himself and he was guiltless. He had done nothing wrong, but he took your sin upon that cross. He took my sin on that cross. That's what it means. We sung it today in the worship. He paid our debt. Jared talked about it. Pastor Jared talked about it in his comments during worship today. In the middle of that, in the middle of the horror of all that, the disciples show indifference to him by going to sleep in the middle of the prayer. A human reaction to that would have been, I'm done with these guys, but not Jesus. Because in the middle of their indifference, he is completely aware of them. They became totally unaware of him and all he was going through, yet in the middle of all that, he was completely aware of them. What a shocking contrast here. First, there is this great personal struggle for Jesus. He's going through a personal struggle here. And at the very same time, we clearly see his desire to make sure his disciples get instruction. To make sure the ones he loved are instructed on how to pray and why they need to pray. He desires for them to know how to win the battle with their temptations. And he says the way you win the battle with your temptations is through prayer. Jesus is always compassionate. He's always compassionate. I got to tell you, if there'd ever been a time to diss some disciples, that would have been it, wouldn't it? But he's always compassionate. He's always the teacher, even in the midst of an imaginable personal conflict that required all of his powers of concentration. His mind is on not him, it's on his disciples. His concern is that they learn, that they learn to pray and that they learn to pray so temptation will not be successful against them. The compassion of Jesus. Jesus is always our example in everything. So, the, so in light of his example here, this is the example of Jesus praying, I want us to talk today about something very basic as it relates to us, very practical as it relates to our prayers, something that we can do that will undoubtedly result in you individually and us as a church, as a whole, praying strategically. We're going to pray intentionally this year. We're going to give you prayer lists. You're going to work on your own prayer list. We're going to pray together this year, aren't we? Y'all with me out there? Come on. We're going to pray together as a church this year. When I look around, amen, when I look around at what's going on in this world, I'm telling you, if we've ever prayed, we need to pray, don't we? 
and we're going to pray intentionally this year. We're going to pray strategically. We all know that prayer, talking to God, is essential in deepening our relationship with God. So if prayer is essential in deepening our relationship with God, then praying carefully, praying intentionally, praying strategically by using a prayer journal is going to accelerate that intimacy. It's going to accelerate that growth. It's going to enhance more deeply our relationship with God. Now don't get me wrong, praying whatever comes to your mind, praying whatever you can remember, that's good, man. That's better not praying at all, but that's kind of like using a flashlight. While building consistently and using a prayer journal, you will be more like a laser beam, a powerful laser beam that can cut through steel. There are different ways to keep a prayer journal, and in the weeks to come after today, we'll talk about, I mean, we're going to get in the, in the classroom in the month of January, and we're going to learn how to, how to pray strategically. All of you who have been kind of complaining and going, man, I don't know how to talk to God. I don't know how to pray. I, you know, I pray, and I look at the clock, and I've only prayed for two minutes, and I can't think anything else to pray. We're about to fix that up in here. We're about to fix that because we're going to teach you how to do a prayer journal, and we're going to use it, and we're going to hold you accountable, and we're going to ask you to bring your prayer journal from time to time and hold it up. And I know some of you are going to have to hold it up on your laptop. But anyway, whatever. We're going to hold up our prayer journals and we're going to hold ourselves accountable. In this message today, I want you to understand that by simply writing down your request. Writing down your thoughts, writing down your feelings for the purpose of talking to God about these areas and issues of life, you will experience an immediate positive impact on the depth of your relationship with God. Who's with me? The benefits of a prayer journal are far too many to list in this message, but here are a few benefits that I hope will inspire you to start a prayer journal. Number one, a prayer journal helps you track your spiritual health. You know why a lot of us get in trouble spiritually? Because we don't know where we are. We don't know how healthy we are. And when you have a prayer journal, it helps you know where you are with God. By using a prayer journal, you'll realize um, where you are in your growth. You'll realize areas where you've grown. How many of you know that would be an encouragement to you? How many of you know that if you kept a prayer journal and all of a sudden you were seeing, hey man, I'm growing here and, and I, that used to be a challenge for me, but I don't have that challenge anymore and that used to be a temptation for me, but, excuse me, I don't, I don't have that temptation anymore. How many of you know when you have all that going for you, you've been what? You've been growing. You've been developing, but you're not going to know you're growing, really, if you're not using a prayer journal. Using a prayer journal will also cause you to recognize areas in your life where you seem to be at a standstill, where there's little or no spiritual movement. This awareness will drive you to pray intentionally about those weak areas. Who's with me on that? Amen? A prayer journal will reveal both progress and threats related to your intimacy with God. You'll be more aware of areas where you're drawing near to Him, and you'll be more aware of areas where you're drifting away from Him. With a prayer journal in your life, it will reveal either causes for you to be encouraged, and it'll, it'll reveal to you causes to be concerned. Either way, 
starting a prayer journal, developing it, consistently using it, will cause you to press into God more deliberately in your prayers. You know, there are two things that push me to pray. When I realize that there's danger approaching, if that danger is in my walk with God or if I just see something, you know, the enemy working and I, and I see some negative things, that encourages me to get on my face and pray more. Who's with me there? But I got to tell you something, man. When I see a miracle, when I see an answered prayer, when I see something that was, oh, my God, I need a miracle for this, and I see that get answered, that makes me want to pray more, too. And the people said, amen, amen. Number two, number two, a prayer journal will not only help you track your spiritual health, and I got to tell you, some of you sitting out here listening to me, you're not sure where you are with God, and if you'll start on that prayer journal, you'll know. Number two, a prayer journal helps you develop a hearing ear. During your conversations with God, God loves it when you talk to him. But guess what? He's got some stuff he wants to say to you. Everybody say, duh. He wants to talk to you. It's not just you talking to him. Because of your prayer journal, you will be more sensitive to his guidance. Because of a prayer journal, you'll be more sensitive. Who's ready for this one? His correction. Hey, how many of y'all know he's a daddy? Y'all know what daddies do. I don't know what your daddy did, but my daddy would dance with me. He would lead and I would follow. Just give you children out there a tip, you young people, when you're getting that spanking from daddy, come in close to the legs. Don't get out there on the end. Come in. Co- I mean, that's a tip. That's for the kids. You parents don't even need to hear that. Matter of fact, when he hits himself a lick or two, he'll back off. Just a little something for the kids. How many of you know our God is a father? Our God is a father who loves us. And if a father loves his children, he will spank his children. You say, I don't spank my children. We know. Now, I know I'm an old preacher, and one day soon, y'all will have you a young preacher. But right now, you've got a preacher who believes A little whooping in the right place does miracles. There's a miracle for you right there. Do not send me any emails this week about this. But when you use a prayer journal, you not only pray, but you hear. It increases the sensitivity of God talking to you and your uh, ability to pick that up. To hear that and understand that. He'll guide you and you'll know it. He'll correct you and you'll know it and need it. And he will reassure you. How many of you in a time of prayer have needed reassurance? And because you had that prayer list going, God just reassured you. He kind of showed you. He goes, you know what? You prayed about that last week. And you know what? I fixed that. And you go, man, if I hadn't written that down, I I wouldn't realize he had fixed that. And that reassures me. He's hearing me. He loves me. And he answers prayers. Amen, amen. When you hear God, you write it down. You write it down in your prayer journal. The Holy Spirit trains you, trains your spiritual ear to know his voice. What did Jesus say? My sheep hear my voice. They know my voice. Number three, number three. A prayer journal fuels your faith. We've kind of already talked about that a little bit, but it's not going to stop me from preaching on it some more. A prayer journal fuels your faith. The most wonderful blessing we enjoy from God the Father, listen to this, 
what is the most wonderful blessing we enjoy from God the Father is that he allows us to have a personal relationship with him. Just because we fell in the Garden of Eden doesn't mean we have to stay there. We can have a personal relationship with him through his son Jesus Christ. And in that relationship with Jesus Christ, within that relationship with Jesus, he has promised to hear and answer our prayers. In fact, Jesus said to us this in John 16 and 24. It's not going to come up on the screen, so listen. Until now you have asked for, that is prayed for, nothing in my name. Jesus says, ask in my name and you will receive And when you receive from me, your joy will be made full. God answers prayer. He will answer your prayers. I didn't say he would answer it the way you told him to or felt he should. But I'm telling you, God answers our prayers. Sometimes it's no. Sometimes it's wait. Sometimes it's yes. And sometimes he doesn't say anything because he's not ready to say anything. Can you take all those answers? And so... So Jesus says, when you pray in faith believing, when you pray in my name, and and you know what it means to pray in the name of Jesus? It means a lot of things, but one of the primary things it means is that you pray for his glory. You want his glory to be done. That's praying in his name. When you say your prayer and then at the end you say in the name of Jesus, you could actually say, "And, and for the glory of God. And what that does is that kind of fixes all the stuff you prayed wrong. Because if you prayed something that wasn't about his glory and you end for the glory of God, God will go, gotcha. Because three things you asked me for you're never going to get because that wasn't for my glory. That Corvette had nothing to do with my glory. (laughs) But I keep asking because he said you have not because you asked not. I mean, I don't want to get to heaven in one day and God go, you know, if you just asked me for that Corvette, you'd have got it. So I keep it on my list. You can tell how old I am asking for Corvettes. <laughs> what model? Doesn't matter. God answers prayer. As you record answered prayer in your journal, and as you go back and review answered prayer, your faith grows for prayers that haven't yet been answered. Over and over and over in the Bible, God said, remember, remember what I did. Remember what I did. Remember what I did. You remember those stones, the 12 stones that they put because they wanted the people to remember what God had done to get the children of Israel into the promised land? Remember, remember. How do we remember? I got to tell you something, man. You guys know I say this all the time. The weakest ink is better than the strongest memory. Write down answered prayer. When you get discouraged, go read them. Go read those answered prayers. When the devil comes to go, he isn't listening to you. Go, no, man, I got it right here. He's listening to me. I got it right here. And then read it to him out loud in your house. You know, you're not really a great Christian unless people think you're weird from time to time. (laughs) So let your kids come in from school. You be walking around the house going, he answered that. He answered that. And they'll be going, mama's lost it. When he acts on your behalf because of your prayer life, you know what happens? You develop a rest. It's too much good stuff here to preach in one sermon. When you see God answering prayers in your life, you know what happens? Your stress level goes down. You know why some of you are so stressed out? I'm talking to you, Farrell. I'm hearing you. I just talked to myself right there for just a minute. You know why we're so stressed? Because we haven't given it to him in prayer.
We haven't given it to him in prayer. We, you, know what, you know what stresses me more than anything else? When I go, I got this. I got this. And God's up there going, well, you don't got it, but I'll let you have it. And then when you get desperate enough, you'll come tell me you don't have it, and I'll give it to you. Who's with me on that? Who lives there? Amen. But when you look back at answered prayer, he gives you rest. A rest comes from that. A stress level goes down. Assurance comes from that. That he not only hears you, but he answers. So in the middle of tough times and trials, your prayer journal will allow you to go back and review the victories you've enjoyed. And the result of that is a powerful sense of peace and confidence and rest in knowing that if he came through for you then, he will come through for you now, and he will come through for you in the future. And the church said, Amen. 2016's going to be different. Proclaim that for your life. Proclaim that for this church that 2016 is going to be different. Last week we talked about expecting miracles. A prayer journal increases your faith so those miracles are more likely to happen. Number four, who's with me? Thank all three of you. A prayer journal guarantees an accurate memory. This is important to me at age 59. You will never remember all the things you need to pray about. Matter of fact, you need to have your prayer journal, and then you need to keep a little piece of paper with you and a pen so when people say, pray for me, you better jot that down. Listen, don't look at people and go, you got it, man, I'm praying. Don't do that. Don't do that. You say, well, sometimes I don't have paper. Just look at them and say, ask God to remind me, and I will. Amen? With a prayer journal, you don't have to try to remember everything because you've written it down. And next week, we're going to talk about how to organize your prayer journal. That's what the whole message is next week. We're going to talk about how to organize your prayer journal. But go ahead now, even though you don't have it organized yet, and go ahead and write down your request. Go ahead and write them down. We'll start making a list. And then next week, when we go through the organizational part, then you can take each request and put them in a certain category, and you'll cover those things when you pray. Number five, a prayer journal helps you to reflect on and better understand what you're reading in God's Word. Because I am assuming that if you're going to spend time praying, you're going to add to that the reading of the Bible. Am I right? I mean, really, if you think about it, praying and not reading the Bible it's kind of like saying, God, I only care about what I have to say in this conversation. I'm really not interested in what you have to say. That's pretty arrogant, isn't it? Reading and writing scriptures in your prayer journal will help you both. Listen to this. This is so important. Pray the scriptures. Pray the scriptures. Um, you'll see this all through the Bible. When they're in trouble, Acts chapter 4, um, when they had been arrested and came back to the church, they walked in and told the church, they said, here's what the officials have said to us. They're going to shut our church down. We can't pray anymore in the name of Jesus. We can't pray for the sick anymore. We can't do miracles in the name of Jesus anymore. And the Bible says they immediately went to prayer, and in that prayer, they immediately started quoting what God had promised in his word. 
I don't even know how to pray if I don't know what God said I can have. There's another Old Testament scripture, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, a guy named Jehoshaphat is surrounded by the enemy. He calls all of Judah together to pray and fast, the Bible says. And in that prayer, the first thing he does is go back to what God has promised and remember what God has promised. If you are not mixing the word of God with your prayers, then you are praying, it's prayer light. I mean, it's prayer watered down. It's not powerful prayer. Mix the Word of God. And when you put that journal there, then you write little scriptures in that mean a lot to you. And when you've got them in your prayer journal, you will pray those scriptures and you will grow also in your deeper understanding of the scriptures. Because when you pray, you're talking to the one who wrote the Bible. So obviously, if you want a better and more accurate understanding of the Bible, what it's teaching, what it's telling you, there's nothing better than talking to the author and the church said, Number six, and it's the last one. Don't anybody say hallelujah. A prayer journal helps you to be more transparent, real with God. That's the problem with a lot of us. You, you me too, come before God sometimes. We act like he don't really know who we are. I mean, we change our voice. We sound like we swallowed a steeple. Dear God, I come before thou. God's going, who is that? Get real with Jesus. He already knows everything about you. You say, well, I can't admit that I've got a weakness in this area. He already knows. Matter of fact, that weakness will never get strong till you own it. Write down this Greek word, fess up. (laughs) Amen? Who needs to do this? All of us. You, Pastor Farrell? Well, Millie Moore, but yes. (laughs) We all. Billy Graham needs to, all of us need to do this. Be transparent. Without a prayer journal, listen to me, there are topics you may have a tendency to avoid talking to God about because the subject is uncomfortable or the subject is convicting. Writing down these difficult topics will raise the likelihood that we will talk to him about them. And the more we talk to him about difficult topics, the more he helps us open up. And when he does that, it allows for deep healing. You will never get that deep Work of God. Some of you have been wounded. Some of you have been abused. Some of you have gone through so much. And until you just get in front of God and you can do it in a room all by yourself and own it and just say, God, here's the deal, baby. Here's the deal. Here's the raw deal. That's when God can get down deep in there and bring that deep healing in your life. Hallelujah. Many of the issues we struggle with in life come from the pain of bad memories. And they're deep in us. Some of you don't even realize them. Because the minute they start to surface, you push them back. When you get real with God, and God brings that stuff up, just let him bring it up. A prayer journal allows you to bring those issues out of the dark corners of your heart and into the healing light of Jesus. So in closing, 
Tell the visitors what that means. Doesn't mean anything, but it gives you hope. So from the prayer example of Jesus in Luke 22, as he personally prepares himself for the humiliation of the cross, the horror of the cross, the torture of the cross, the suffering of the cross, he's, he's preparing himself for all that. These events that surround the cross, the cross itself, we learn from his example the practical step of doing something he would never need to do. Can I just say this to you? God don't need a prayer journal. Jesus doesn't need a prayer journal. But you do. You need one because it's going to make you pray more like Jesus. Start a prayer journal. Consistently maintain that prayer journal and it will prepare you for whatever will come in your life, good or bad. If you already keep a prayer journal, good for you. Just make sure you're being consistent with your entries and with reading through that prayer journal every day. Whether you're in need of finding a release from your pain, getting direction for your life, tracking your walk with God, or a combination of all these, Make sure you write it down. Writing it down will take your prayer life from here to here very quickly. And when your prayer life goes from here to here, you're going to see things happen in your life you can't explain. You're going to see things happen in your life that you only thought were for other people, and you're going to find out they were for you too. Amen, amen. Who receives that? Who receives that? I tell you, sometimes, sometimes when I preach, I feel more like I'm speaking for God. Today's one of those days. And i got to tell you, I, I, am, I am being convicted myself. Now, again, next week we're going to talk about how to organize and develop your personal prayer journal. Two things before we go home. Don't forget the one for change. As you're exiting today, give your dollar if you can. At the back of the auditorium today are tables with post-it notes on them and ink pens. Before you leave today, I want you to go back there. Now, we're going to have prayer in the altar. we got prayer team members here. They're going to come, and if you'd like to have prayer after the service, they're going to pray with you. But before you leave today, I want you to write down your prayer request. And you can write down one word or two or three words. You don't put your name on it. It's just a, it's just a private prayer request on one of these post-it notes there. Let's see, there's one, two, three, four, five tables over there. And one, two, three, four, five tables over there. Post, plenty of post-it notes, plenty of pens. And you know what we're going to do this year? We're going to do something weird. We're going to stick them on the wall. I want you to write your prayer request down and stick it on the wall. Where? We have a lot of walls. I didn't say which wall. Stick it anywhere you want to. Did I just say stick it anywhere you want to? I have never said that in my 40 years of ministry. Pastor, what do you want to do with this prayer request? Stick it on the wall. So that's what we're going to do today. Just get, as you're leading, take your time. Take your time. Hey, if you rush out there, you're just going to get in line anyway. So just go back there, write down your prayer request, stick it on the wall. We're going to have, no, have post-it notes and pens every Sunday this year. Every Sunday. Then, when your prayer is answered, you probably won't be able to find it because there will be so many up there. Just write down, my prayer was answered, and we're going to stick them on the altar. 
We're going to stick them on the altar while I'm preaching and while we're worshiping. You're going to look up here on the altar this year and you're going to see all the prayers that God answered. Who's with me on this deal right here? Let's get crazy. Let's all stand together.